you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. Hey, hey, welcome to She's All Over the Place. I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, today's topic is uh, pretty heavy, but really, really important. Whew, um, the wisdom of trauma. So I had the wonderful, beautiful chance to be gifted the name Gabor Mate. I was watching this art documentary. Patrick McMullen is an amazing photographer and I follow him on Instagram and he posted he shot this photo of Keith Haring and Kevin Scharf and um, I think it was uh, Andy Warhol as well and uh, Kenny Scharf, his daughter, did this new documentary on him called um, When the Worlds Collide. And Kenny Scharf is an American painter, and he um, moved to New York City at a young age and because of Andy Warhol, and he befriended Keith Haring and Basquiat and all these, you know, amazing artists, and they had this whole eclectic culture and journey um, with art, and so I highly suggest the documentary and uh, I shared it with my sister. In the documentary there were different art collectors being highlighted and this physician Gabor Mate and my sister messaged me she's like oh Gabor and I was like yeah and then she sent me uh, the podcast of him and Tim Ferriss and then um, I just went down a rabbit hole and just watched uh, a bunch of his videos on YouTube so I highly suggest uh, watching his videos on YouTube, I would just type in Gabor Mate, just soak up everything he's saying. It's, it's well-spoken. He's 77 years old now. There's so many great teachings. And then, you know, someone sent me a trailer to his documentary, and then my sister sent me the movie, and I'm just like, okay, like, three people in one week are, are sending me Gabor Mate. Like, it's a it's a sign for me to be able just to tune in. So I'm not a, a doctor or a physician. I am a spiritual seeker. I am a lover of wisdom, and I have a keen interest on the human brain and human behavior, our patterns hacks, neuroscience. So I follow the best in the world. And um, I'm so grateful for my sister because she does as well. So we're able to share slices of life and information with one another. And then we go and apply it with the people we love and care about. And then we, you know, hope to be a ripple effect for other people. I find for some reason, I'm so compassionate, so caring, so understanding, so open and so giving and I feel sometimes I'm able to do that with the people who aren't as close to me because um, although I want to be and I try to be, but there's just so much emotional stuff that comes up and so many triggers, I find it more difficult to do it with the people who are closer to me, especially if they're not wanting it because someone wants to be a seeker, someone wants to heal themselves, someone wants to participate. So if you're here, thank you for being here. You're on the path of discovery and wanting to know and get more in tune. Gabor talks about in the documentary and in the YouTube videos, he talks about the quality of the questions, you know, asking the right questions. He says he can get to a person's trauma in, in three minutes or less. And I've seen him do it multiple times. It's not that difficult. We've made it more difficult, but we are 
confused. We are so numb. We've been taught to be numb. We've been taught to be confused. We've been taught to isolate it. We've been taught not to show our emotions, not to let out our anger, to go up to our room, you know, to keep it all inside. And that causes collective trauma. And since that causes the collective trauma, it's not that something's actually wrong with you or that something's wrong with me or another individual. It's the thing that traumatized the individual. It's the thing that traumatized me. And then I live with that. And, you know, it's so difficult to understand what that is because Gabor talks about how, you know, there's two options. Like, not my dad, but let's just say a dad, for example. If a dad is mad at you, he said there's two ways of of looking at it. If the dad's angry being mad at you, and then, or you can inflict it by turning it inward and just saying, oh, I must be a bad person. I probably deserve this. It's probably me. He's probably mad at me. It's probably because of me. And most people do that. I guess it's the safest, easiest thing to do to say, oh, it was me instead of, oh, I'm the reason why he got so upset instead of uh, feeling, because we don't know, especially when we're really young, we don't know like, oh, what could my dad be mad about? You know, again, I'm not talking about my dad. This is just like probably a bad example. (laughs) But, you know, I'm here just to share in brushstrokes of what I took in and what inspired me and I'll have show notes below so you can specifically hear from him. I actually sent an email to his team to have him on the podcast so I really hope to have him on the podcast. I know he has like about four books so I'm definitely going to deep dive into his books immediately. I also feel like when you hear it from the source you learn so much so much quicker from a podcast or from the person person's mouth or if he has the audiobook from an audiobook sometimes so you can um, obtain the information just soak it in while listening can be very healing uh, I prefer listening to audiobooks over reading regular books although I do love reading regular books um, it just takes a lot for me to um, get into it what I mean by that is there's this wall thick wall of resistance that um defies me from getting just tuned in into the book real quick unless it's like um for some reason like a spiritual book or probably a book like Gabor's I'd be able to just to dive into it otherwise there is that resistance um, that comes up for me specifically some would label it maybe ADHD I don't like to label myself of anything uh, there's no test Um, from what I know of, to be tested for bipolar or ADHD. Gabor openly speaks about his ADHD, how it happened, uh, why um, it happened for him, the story that he shares. You know, he also talks about um, how asthma and ADHD and how it's increasing and there's going to be an epidemic or it it seems to be so an epidemic of what's happening. And he finds through his studies uh, the reason why all this is happening with everyone because we're all uh, victimized and traumatized at a very, very young age. For example, well, before I give the example, actually, I would just like to say where I was going with the ADHD part is 
you know, maybe feeling scattered, maybe feeling all over the place, no pun intended, haha, <laughs> pun intended. So maybe I could even talk about that she's all over the place and give an example of what that means. Um, but I'll come back to that hopefully after I give the example of what I was talking about um, with what I was about to share with you, which is the example he gives is we need that connection. And a lot of times, you know, when a baby's crying and crying and crying, there's a myth and a lot of parents still to this day, like I've seen it within just the last couple of weeks when I was around a two-year-old, the mom said, oh yeah, you just uh, let the baby cry themselves asleep. That's what the doctors tell you to do. That's what you're supposed to do. No, I've never believed that. And I don't have children yet. God willing, I will one day sooner than later if it's meant to be for me. But no, no, that is horrible. I've never identified with that. And I've never spoke up about it because I never could like put the language to it. But Gabor says it so eloquently. He talks about how, okay, let's say a baby's crying and crying and crying. They say like the baby needs two things. It, one of the things a baby needs is to be touched and held. And I, I knew prior to Gabor that like, if you don't physically touch a baby, it will just die because it needs that, you know, connection. So when the baby's crying and crying and crying and you just leave the baby there so you could uh, tune out or put on the music so you can get your own rest instead of taking care of the baby that you had, the worst thing one can do is leave the baby there to cry and cry and cry. They feel so alone it's traumatizing and then they get so exhausted and then they fall to sleep and they repeatedly do that over and over again. So, I mean, a lot of us, probably most of us, many of us, our parents and then generations from, you know, other circumstances, we've been taught this misinformation. So as babies, we're all being traumatized from a very young age if, you know, if our parents did that. Which is, um, you know, really, really harsh and sad to hear how messed up and backwards it's been going on for such a long time. And that's so, so profound and so specific. And I mean, it's going to take you for the rest of your entire journey in life. And then the, he goes on to talking about and some other people, you know, he interviews and chats with, they talk about carrying this monkey with them. And it's like, we're all carrying these heavy weights and these monkeys and that this feeling or it feeling, and we don't want to face it. We don't want to face what? Okay. Yeah. Whatever happened, happened. It's not going to go away. It's done. It already happened. But to continue to ignore it over and over, that's not helping. It's making it worse. And so many people, they just walk in around in denial. I don't want to talk about it. Let's change the subject. Let's not talk about it because it's too painful. It's such an irritation because then they have to look at what's going on inside of themselves. And they're so overwhelmed by their feelings that they just can't take it. So they're not right or wrong. It's just emotionally too much and too strong for them to deal with it. And we've been taught, many of us been taught not to deal with it, to repress it, to shut it down, to again, go to our rooms, to quiet ourselves. I read this like quote earlier and someone was like, are you really an introvert or were you just not heard every time you spoke? So now you just choose to be quiet because you feel ignored. You feel like you're not heard. It's sad. It's so sad. Another example is, 
you know, walking down the street and seeing a homeless person. Oh, I've been around so many people. They get so scared. They get paranoid. They won't even look the homeless person in the eye. They think like they're going to whip out a knife or, you know, they're going to like like attack them or something. People do not even look into the eyes if they feel a vibe of being paranoid or scared. That's within themselves because they're scared and paranoid of their own emotions and they can't look at that homeless person who's lying there helpless and vulnerable. Yes, of course, some could be on drugs, some could maybe be, you know, but have you really, I don't know, have you Have you seen too many violent homeless people. Most of them are with the dog or saying, you know, feed the hungry, God bless you. Most that I've seen, you know, in Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, the places I've been, you know, in Brazil, it was it was pretty dangerous for me to go outside by myself. I actually wasn't allowed to. I had, we had to have uh, two security people with us the whole time, everywhere we went. So I don't really understand the severity of crime. Uh, it's the third largest capital in the world. Sao Paulo, Brazil, and the Americas of LA and New York, two major hubs, you know, Chicago, San Francisco. The majority of the homeless people I've seen, I've, you know, gifted them food, meals to to buy something. And then some people say, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, give them money because they're just going to go buy alcohol or to go buy drugs. Well, who am I to judge? Who are you to judge? If that's what they need, that's what they need in the moment. It's what maybe they need. Who am I to judge? I don't want to support that. You don't want to support that. Okay, well, you know, go to the nearest local restaurant and order them something. And so if you don't want to give them the money, it's the time and the value and the thought of taking a time out. If they say, hey, most want a meal. And if you're like, hey, like, you know, you can go purchase and say, I like pick out whatever you want buy whatever you want you know and they just go and a lot of them like just really get enough for a meal they don't some don't over exaggerate and get three four meals they'll just get like a one meal and then some will be like oh and I'm like get a drink too they're like oh is it okay I'm like yeah of course but the point of you know all of this is you're walking past well all of it is the point but you're walking past and we're scared to even look into the eyes of a homeless person or we walk past and act like they're not there as if they don't exist to isolate to make invisible and so many people whoever is listening to this 1000 percent, you feel you may feel unworthy a lot or have had experiences of feeling unworthy or knowing people who feel not worth it they play so small they don't know how to hold space in life and i understand how that feels for some reason, with my lucky stars, I came out of the gate screaming and roaring and taking space and letting it out so I know what it's like to travel around the world. One of the reasons why I created She's All Over the Place, because I've been around the world <laughs> and um, I've held a lot of space and I've taken up space and I'm like, I know who I am. You're going to know who I am, period. But also, I definitely know what it's like to feel small and feel worthless and not know my worth and not know my value. I spent so many years understanding value, understanding morals, understanding ethics. I was so confused. Like, I was raised with certain things. And sometimes it's not verbalized. It's just in the way of behavior that we learn certain things in our society and culture. Some we adapt and take on, some we revolt against, some we don't attune to. Same thing when we get into uh, a workplace, we have to abide by 
certain goals and guidelines that's in the workforce and we're like, yes, I align to this. I want to participate and be a part of this team. Or you get into a relationship and hopefully there's healthy communication. A lot of times there's not. You just get involved from a vibe and a feeling, but certain deep down things aren't spoken about. Do you want to have kids? You know, like what's your take on an open relationship? What's your take on marriage? Do you even want to get married? How were you raised? What are your beliefs? We all have our set of beliefs that we take on, that we dismantle, and then we meet someone and we or meet people and we take on new partnerships. And I like your belief, you like my belief. And then sometimes let's create new beliefs together. Let's create our own world. Let's create different things. And so that's really beautiful and really intimate. And that's really important through communication. Sometimes it's easier for others. If we learn it, we're natural, if we're taught it, sometimes it's not. And like I said, especially with the people closest to us, it's hard to have those difficult conversations because we get so emotionally triggered. So growing up running cross country, a certain etiquette of being a runner, when you're running, you're like, hey, good job. And you're passing another runner. Good job. Good job. How you doing? Hello. So a lot of times growing up as an athlete, running along Malibu and Venice and, you know, other places in the world, a certain etiquette, I'd be like, hello, good job. How you doing? If someone's kind of struggling, you're doing great. You just kind of put out that feeler for them, you know? And that was a certain etiquette I learned. So with everyone on the street and everyone in the world, I would be this uh, rainbow, rambunctious, positive, bouncing around, happy-go-lucky spirit. A lot of people have called me, hi, how you doing? You know, to homeless people, to everyone. <laughs> you know, at one point I thought, like, because of what other people would say or how they would look at me, I had, and I didn't think twice about it for a long time. But then one time I remember reflecting on myself, like, am I crazy? Am I crazy for just saying hello and reaching out and not having, like, those boundaries? I'm just, like, open to everyone. Like, I need to, you know, be more protective of myself. Like, I need to be more careful, you know? So I even, like, thought, like, oh, what what am I doing? Is Is it too much? Like, I was even you know, judging my own etiquette to others, biting on to the fear that, you know, I might harm myself in some way by being too open and too vulnerable with people. I understand we all go through different waves of how we feel and how we act, but the nicest thing we can do, if you learn anything and take anything from this episode, the nicest thing you can do when you see a homeless person, just nod, just nod, smile, acknowledge them. They're not going to come right out running after you. (laughs) Just don't act. You know that they're there. Don't walk by and act like they're not there. It's so discriminating. It's so, it just rips down someone's self-worth. Why would you do that to anyone? When you're doing that to someone, you're only doing it to yourself. When you do that to anyone, you're just doing it to yourself. Ignoring self. Not looking in the eyes of another because you're scared. Not looking in the eyes of a homeless person because you see their pain and you might feel their pain and you might see something in depth through the soles of their eyes and it's too much for one to handle because we're taught not to feel what we're feeling inside and it triggers us and we don't know how to handle it. Well, tune into Gabor Mate because he's the specialist and I'm just a vessel, so I'm so grateful. I have over 4,000 downloads per month. By the time you hear this, maybe I'll have a lot more. (laughs) Who knows? But I hope to have Gabor Mate on my podcast. It'd be such extreme joy to bring him along. I know he's very busy, so we'll see. 
uh, also, if you email me, you can definitely go to um, thewisdomoftrauma.com. It's the documentary by Gabor Mate. And there's a booklet. And it was sent to me. So I don't know if you can get it right from the website. But it was sent to me and I will um, gift it to you because it was gifted to me. And it says uh, trauma symptoms. And here are some. Hyperarousal, increased heart rate, rapid or difficultly breathing, cold sweats, tingling, muscular tension, constriction in body and narrowing of perception, disassociation or denial, feelings of helplessness, immobility and freezing, hypervigilance, intrusive imagery or flashbacks, extreme sensitivity to light and sound, hyperactivity, exaggerated emotional and startle responses, nightmares and night terrors, abrupt mood swings, rage reactions or temper tantrums, frequent anger or crying, shame and a lack of self-worth, reduced ability to deal with stress, having a difficult time sleeping, panic attacks, anxiety and phobias, mental blankness and spaced out feelings, avoidance behavior, avoiding places, moments, activities, memories, or people, attraction to dangerous situations, addictive behaviors, overeating, drinking, smoking, drugs, etc., exaggerated or diminished sexual activity, amnesia, or forgetfulness. I mean, I have a lot of these. And I don't want to diminish my trauma because I have some stuff to share. And more than ever, I'm, I, I've had to build up, you know, the understanding and then the courage to share. Because what do you share? Where do you start? How do you say it? What You just speak, let it come out. But so, you know, not being able to share, holding on to other people's lies, holding on to other people's stuff, because I've been told to, you know, play myself small and go into a corner and not say anything to people, place to make other people feel better. I'm not doing that anymore. I didn't do it before. I learned it somehow. Forget that. No way. So I'm going to speak up. I'm going to let these suckers out. I need to. I need to. And you need to. It's the only way we're going to feel liberated, truly liberated, freedom, real freedom by not having these shackles and these burdens that everyone feels and a lot of people aren't talking about. So, I mean, we are now, we're, we're talking about it more and you're here and you're listening and I, I'm talking about it. I feel a lot of these things on the list. I have, uh, you know, they call it quote unquote misophonia and I have uh, Tom from the Misophonia Institute um, coming on the podcast. And uh, so my extreme sensitivity to light and sound, I know I'm a HSP, a highly sensitive person, 15 to 20% of the population have HSP, highly sensitive. I know I'm an empath. I sometimes feel other people's pain. I feel it so deeply. Same thing with joy. I feel it so deeply. I know someone who's had nightmares and night terrors. Um, I haven't had that. Hyperactivity, for sure. Um, avoidance behavior, for sure, definitely. Anxiety, oh, I think a lot of people can uh, relate to that. I haven't had any trouble sleeping. I sleep very well, but I know a lot of people. Uh, I've worked um, you know, with a lot of organic products and brands uh, with my career, and I know sleeping is a major problem for a lot of people. They don't know how to turn it off, and then they turn to you know, melatonin. Unfortunately, we only have one melatonin receptor in our body. So the most you should have is 0.03 milligrams of melatonin to activate your own melatonin. I have an amazing episode with Jeffrey Wu from HVMN. So definitely tune into that episode uh, to learn more about that. 
you know, brain hacks and things like that. The thing is, we just need to communicate and we're so scared to tell the truth. We're so scared of what other people will think of us. We need to start caring more about our own feelings, although that's we've been told not to. But I'm giving you the permission because sometimes we just need the permission from someone to hold space from us and allow that compassion without any judgment. So journal, let it out, do a voice memo, send it to me, talk to me, talk to someone, just anyone. Just And if you don't have anyone to talk to, just send a message to me. And, um, you know, I have so many people you can connect with and talk to and follow and take in this information so you can create rituals for yourself. Robert Sturman, who's an amazing artist, you know, speaks about rituals and the importance of routine and self-care. So I'm so glad you're here and you're tuning in. I would definitely like to uh, dive deep into She's All Over the Place podcast. So yeah, I said earlier on, She's All Over the Place was, yes, in fact, because of world travels, because of being in many facets of the entertainment industry and of life poetry, dancing, music, comedy, drama, TV, film, voiceovers, uh, you know, uh, the different areas of voiceovers, animation, video games, um, commercials, TV, film, and voiceover. There's just industrial. There's just so many different kinds of voiceovers, you know, and everything, everything I'm into, neuroscience and health and Uh, what we're putting into our bodies. The other part of She's All Over the Place, in addition to what I just shared, is literally being all over the place. And this isn't a revelation right now. This is just my first time sharing it. I I remember I watched the Iris documentary, I-R-I-S. She's a fashion icon. She has an amazing documentary, and she says it so eloquently, and I identified with it. And it was even before then that I identified with what I'm about to tell you. But the thing is, I've kept myself so busy. I've been so excited following the joy and just keeping in all of that because I was so scared of everything else. I was so scared to slow down, so scared to face what was going on within me, my feelings. So I just held on to the joy and that positivity and was avoiding dealing with the rest of the stuff. And I did that for decades. I've done that for such a long time. In 2012, I started, in 2012, I started the internal journey of self-healing. And I decided as a scientist, I'm not really a scientist, just like as a character scientist, I'm going to, in 2012, I studied with Susan Batson and uh, I was doing work on truth and building character. So in 2012, I started the internal journey. I was um, in the south of France on the beach I'm so outside of myself that I needed to get so in tune with myself. And that's when I started the internal journey. And then in 2014, before I took this DJ music program, I'm like, I'm going to be a scientist and I'm going to explore these two emotions that I've avoided my whole entire life, jealousy and anger. And I just was like an ocean, like, I was like an ocean. It was like so much to deal with. It was just, I couldn't even handle it. It was so much. But I made the choice and on the journey, then I started being aware of the word triggers and what triggered me and things that were motor-like triggered me. Vacuums, weed whackers, blow dryers. I was terrified of knives, scissors, metal, scraping of the teeth. So I'm going on my journey, I'm on my journey. And uh, yeah, so that's why uh, she's all over the place in capsules, you know, the positive, the negative, the up, down, and in between. 
world traveling, the love of food, culture, arts, entertainment, but also it identifies with avoidance and me avoiding what was going on with inside myself. One, because I wasn't taught how to nourish and allow it to come out in a safe space. Two, because, um, you know, I ran from it because I was petrified of how powerful I was, my own emotions. I was celibate for seven years. I wasn't in a relationship for so many years. And I learned through Susan Batson, intimacy, intimacy. I was so scared of intimacy. I was so scared to trust another, to be intimate with another, to be vulnerable with another. How could I be vulnerable with someone else if I couldn't even be vulnerable with myself? How could I trust someone else if I couldn't 1000% feel like I could trust my own self? So I sat in that for a long while. So with all that being said, there's going to be amazing links in the show notes for you to hear Gabor Mate himself. And again, it'll be such an honor to have him on here. I am manifesting it. Uh, Someone on his team already wrote me back (laughs) um, with the next step. So I already, um, you know, we're in communication back and forth. So I sent something over. So I really hope to have him. It'd be such an honor to talk about all the stuff we've talked about uh, and more. I honor you and your journey. Um, If you can get this booklet, please get it. Um, If you can see the Wisdom of Trauma documentary, I would definitely do that. Uh, I just would like to read a quote by Gabor Mate himself, Trauma Definitions. Trauma is a psychic wound that hardens your psychological and then interferes with your ability to grow and develop. It pains you, and now you're acting out of pain. It induces fear, and now you're acting out of fear. Trauma is not what happens to you. It is what happens inside of you as a result of what happened to you. Trauma is the scarring that makes you less flexible, more rigid, less feeling, and more defended. Gabor Mate. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special episode of She's All Over the Place. I love you. I'm here for you. Tune in. uh, Share this with everyone. Let's get the message out there. I'm a vessel. So are you. Let's care and share and hear one another. And uh, instead of walking past, you know because we're scared. Maybe look someone in the eye. As Robert Sturman said in the podcast I did with him, it could save someone's life. It could save someone's life. It could save yours. I love you. We'll see you again. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out.